First Chronicles chapter number 29, verse 11. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. That'd be a good thing to do, wouldn't it? Amen. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 3, if you would. Ephesians chapter number 3. So when we see the word power in scripture, and again, we could go through and find hundreds of references to the power of God. And we've been talking about vision, our vision of God uh, specifically. We, we've got to get right how we view God. In, in light of all that's happening today, we've got to make sure that the foundation of our, our belief is right. Belief and behavior, you cannot separate. We said that every week now. You can't separate the two. So when um, these, and, and you know, this is a readiness series. I mean, we, we need to get ready. <laughs> we need to make sure some foundational truths of doctrine that will shape what we believe about society and what we believe about what should happen in society, um, what we believe really about um, even even politics. And I'm not going to make this about politics, but your belief spiritually defines and determines uh, your behavior in any facet of life. So that's why it's so important to get your belief right, because you don't hear faulty statements from right believing. You hear faulty statements from faulty belief. And so we got to get, we got to get a view of God. Who is he? How does he respond? How are we to respond to him? And, and I believe today we're going to talk about his omnipotence and I'll explain to you what that means. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Basically the omnipotence of God is he is able. There's God can do anything that he wants to anytime he wants to. That is his power, omnipotence. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But you know the the sing the greatest single distinguishing factor about God's omnipotence is that our imagination gets lost when thinking about it. Pascal said that. So the greatest distinguishing factor is when you start thinking about the power of God, you get lost in your mind because we cannot comprehend. And that goes for really all the attributes of God. And we'll talk about that. Back in the mid 1800s, a preacher named A.B. Simpson, he was instrumental in the missionary alliance. And this is back in the 1800s. So obviously it's not what it is uh, today. And it'd be good if it was what it was back then. Um, but it's not, but he was a middle-aged pastor and he was about to quit. He just, his health was bad. He was discouraged. You know, he was in the depths of depression. The work wasn't going good. His health was failing. Just everything was pointing down. He was at the end of his rope. And by the end of the day, one day he just, he, he was just so happened, I guess, 
uh, he heard somebody singing this old spiritual, nothing is too hard for Jesus, no man can work like him. And God used those simple words to A.B. Simpson's heart and he remembered that God could do what needed to be done. God was almighty in his power and God could. And uh, he went away with the Lord for a time and, and God strengthened him with his power and poured out a blessing on the ministry of A.B. Simpson and uh, who, who basically led one of the great missionary movements because he got a picture of God's power. The problem before we get too far here, the problem is this. We, a lot of times, start with, with questions, and, and questions are not the problem. I think all of us are going to have, from time to time, a question about, if God is all-powerful, Pastor, like you say he is, then why doesn't he stop this virus right now? If God's all-powerful, why... Does he allow earthquakes to destroy and hurricanes to ravage lands and people and fires to burn through California? But, and we always start with the tragedy. In other words, cancer comes. We don't start with the character of God. We start with why cancer. Divorce comes. Why divorce? We don't start with the character of God. We start with divorce. Why did this happen to me? Bankruptcy. You don't start with the character of God. You start with what? Why did God allow this to happen to me? Why did God allow the finances to go through the floor? Why did God allow this health issue to visit my home? Why did God allow this catastrophe to come to our area, our community? And we start with the catastrophe. We start with the cancer. We start with the abuse. We start with the negative things that happen. And that's the wrong starting point. We've got to start with what we know. Because those are all part of things that we do not know. Those are all things that until we get to heaven, and even then, I don't know that God will be privy to, to allowing us to know. And I don't know if we'll, it'll matter when we get there. A lot of things we think we're going to ask God when we get there, I don't think we're even going to think about it. You're going to get lost in him. You're going to forget the question. You ever met somebody important or been to an important event and you get so excited you forget what you was going to ask them? And I had the opportunity in my lifetime. I got in front of so-and-so. Wouldn't you believe it? I got up there and forgot what, what I was going to ask. Couldn't even remember nothing. Well, if that happens on the earth, how much more do you think it's going to happen when we see Jesus face to face? A lot of things we think we're going to ask him. I don't think we're going to ask him. We're not even going to remember those things. It's going to be about him. Not about the things down here. But we've got to start with what we know, church, about God. And I'm going to give you that today. But what do we know about him? Because what we know about him will transcend the things we don't know. What we know to be true about God will help us when there's things about our life that we don't know. So what we know about him will settle us in the midst of questions that we have. And we're all going to have them. I don't think there's anybody in here that's not wondered one of those things that I mentioned. Why those things? Even, even now, maybe. Why those things? So when we're talking about the attributes of God... 
Again, they're, they're difficult to understand because we have no parallel. We have no analog to, to uh, view them with. And we have no connection, uh, in a sense, to view omnipotence, omniscience. We don't know how to, to view that because we don't have it. And really, outside of God, we haven't seen it. We're limited as to place, power, and knowledge. We're all limited that way. If you're living, you're limited. There's only so many things physically you can do. There's only so many things that you know about. So because we are limited, our knowledge of God's no limitations is limited. We can't, we can't even fathom God not having limitations because we do. We're limited by place. We're limited by power. We're limited by knowledge. And so when we say God is omniscient, omnowing, omnipresent, he's everywhere, omnipotent, all-powerful. And really there's, there's two categories of God's characteristics, and communicable and incommunicable. Now when we speak of communicable, you, you've heard that word in talking about a disease, right? Chickenpox, communicable disease. That means it can be spread, diseases that can be spread, like coronavirus, diseases that can be spread or communicable. Incommunicable diseases are those that cannot be spread, such as rheumatoid arthritis. Now, some of you'd like to give yours to somebody, I'm sure. Rheumatoid arthritis is not a communicable disease, it's incommunicable. Cancer is incommunicable uh, disease. Most, most forms of cancer are that way, maybe an exception. When this is applied to the characteristics of God, communicable attributes refer to those aspects of God's character that we can share in in such way. Here are some that we can share in. We can share in, is God, let me ask you a question, is God merciful? Yes. Can we share in that one? Yeah, we can. Does God show grace to people? Yeah. Can we, can we do that one? Yeah, we can. Those are the attributes about God that we can, can share. Justice, we can do that one. Holiness, we can share it. Now, not to the degree, obviously, that God is, but we can, we can share in those. The ones, the incommunicable attributes of God are those that are unique to him and uh, unshared by any of his creatures. And that will be one today. Omnipotent, all-powerful. That's what it means. It refers to the fact that God's power is infinite and unlimited. There's no end to it. There's no shortage of it. God has the power to do what he wants when he wants. He has the resources and the ability to work his will in every circumstance in the universe. God has both the resources and the ability to work his will in every circumstance in the universe. When we think about God's plan for me, God's vision for me, our vision of God settles the fact of who is in control and what God can do. On my behalf, if God is omnipotent, God can do whatever he wants to do. Sometimes I think we get God in the corner. I think we get God uh, in a place where he can't move or in a place where we're stiff-arming him or we got our arm, his arm behind his back. There's never a time when finite human being can limit the power of an omnipotent God. There's never a situation, there's never a crisis, coronavirus qualifies. There's never a disease, there's never anything that's going to come on God's green earth that God cannot eliminate. Or God cannot do. And so that puts us back to the first question. And people like to ask the questions, you know, can God make a rock so big that he can't pick up? Yes and yes. God can make a, a, a rock so big 
But guess what? He can also pick it up. Put a square, all that square around questions. You're not going to ask crazy questions and, and somehow minimize the omnipotence of God. You're not going to use human terms with a finite mind and describe an infinite God. It's impossible. And some people think they, they can do that. But they're going to be badly mistaken. God is able. Revelation 19.6, For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And there's nothing, nothing too hard for him. Do you know you can, nobody can give him a problem he can't solve. There's no problem he can't solve. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm and there's nothing too hard for thee. There's nothing too hard for thee. That goes for what you're in right now. Listen, your problem, and I, and I say this with as much compassion as I can muster. Your problem is no match for God. Your problem is not even unique to anything God's seen. God's seen it millions of times. There's nothing too hard for him. There's no problem he can't solve. So when you, you may think there is, you may not see the way, but you can't see as far as he sees. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're much higher than ours and I'm thankful that they are. So when you can't see a way out or you can't see a way up, that doesn't mean there's not a way out and that doesn't mean there's not a way up. God sees clearly your life, my life, all at the same time and he has the power to do with us and do for us whatever we need done. And the good news is if you're saved, you're on his side. God's working for you. He's using the power that he has. Luke one thirty seven, in reference to Mary having Jesus. For with God nothing shall be impossible. There's no problem that God can't solve. There's no one that can stop God's plans. There's nobody that can stop God's plans. Ephesians 3.20.21 20, God is able. Let's read that one again. Look at it with me. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end nobody can stop God's plans after Job after after God just took Job through it in in Job and and I don't under, I don't know if Job ever really understood the conversation that God had with Satan Really doesn't tell us. But after, after God said, and even in chapter 41 of Job, I mean, he's talking about the Leviathan and, and he's asking Job, can he go get a hook and pull that thing in? A sea monster. And he's asking Job if he can go get him in. And, and, and he, early on asking him, can he create animals and, and stuff? And, and Job knows the answer to that. And after God just goes on and on and on and on and on about all that God knows and Job don't. He, Job comes to chapter 42, verse 2. And he says this. I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. He says, as I told the man last night, Job says to God, I get it. I get it. After he goes through all those examples, Job says, I get it. You can do anything. I get it. You're in charge. Hey, some of us need to get it today. 
that God is omnipotent. And that does not just mean he's a relic that we point to on a shelf. It's not like a trophy case in your basement. He, that power works in us. It is effective for us. God is on our side. And so when we think we've been duped and defeated and discouraged and it's over for us, we are limiting, we are ignoring the power of God in our life. And I've seen it during this crisis we've really limited God to COVID. Now, it's a real disease and I think we ought to be careful. But if you think that our God is subject to that, you got another thing coming. And if you think God's not good, you got another thing coming. Again, where do we need to start at? God's goodness. If we started cancer, we're going to have a lot more questions. If we started abuse in our life, we're going to have a lot more questions. If we started bankruptcy, we're going to have a lot more questions. Start at what we know about God. We know that God is good. There's an invisible line that runs down through the scriptures of God's goodness. Follow the line. No matter what happens in my life, I know God is good. No matter what comes my way, I know God is good. No matter who says what, who does what, what happens, what falls apart, God is good. No matter what comes to our country, what, co- what happens politically, what happens socially, what happens um, you know, with the weather geographically, we could fall off in the Atlantic Ocean. Guess what? He's still omnipotent. And if he wanted to, he could pull us out. There's an invisible line. You know what it's called? God's goodness. God's, don't start with all the bad stuff because you don't have the answers. Because we're limited by place, by knowledge. We're limited. Start with what you know about him. God's goodness. And just hold on to it. No matter what you're seeing, you can't see it all. No matter what you're hearing, you don't hear it all. No matter what you know, you don't know it all. So trust in the one who does. Cling, hold on to the one Who does? He made all things. Number three. Number one, nothing's too hard. No problem he can't solve. Nobody can stop his plan. Nobody could stop his production or his performance. Nobody could or can stop his production. He made, he created all things. Nobody stopped him then. Which is harder, coronavirus or the stars? Which is harder? Nobody stopped him in the creation of the world. When he said, let there be light, nobody stopped that. There wasn't a shortage. Nobody said, oh, I don't think you can ask that. We need to research that. I don't know if you can ask that or not. No, let there be light. And there was light. So God can do, nobody's going to stop him. Nobody stopped his production. Nobody's going to stop his performance. Matter of fact, the Bible gives us evidence that everything's serving him anyway. Psalm 119.91, they continue this day to thine ordinances for all are thy servants. Everything we see is a servant of God in the sense. He, product, he produced it. And then number four, he does whatever he pleases. Psalm 115.3, our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Now, I want to give you just seven things and these are going to be real quick. And I know we're running out of time. But I want to give you these things real quick. I got a lot more messages than I got time this morning. What are the implications of the fact that, that God is where we start at? We don't start with the cancer. We don't start, you know, my, my home broke up when I was, okay, that has an impact on a person. Don't start there. Let's start with what we know about God. All right. What are the, what are the implications of who God is, of God's omnipotence? What are implications of God's omnipotence? 
And by the way, there are things that God cannot do. He cannot lie. He cannot change. He can't deny himself. There are some things he cannot do. We're going to think about some implications of his power. No power can change his purpose. Nobody, no power can change his purpose. And, and, and Job, Job found that out. Job found it out. You know, can, can you make a hare or a rabbit? Or, no. What about a crocodile? Can you make one of those for me? Obviously not. And Job bowed his head. Nobody can mess up the purpose of God. Nobody can thwart it. Nobody can change it. Nobody. No power. So when you think, when you think something else has the upper hand, whether it's a political scene or whether it's a physical deal, you got something physically that you think trumps it. No, no power can thwart the purpose of God. If you're sick and you're God's child, you're sick because God allowed you to be sick. I don't understand that. I can't give you a good answer for that right now. But I can tell you this. God is good and God's going to take care of you. I don't, I don't know why you're sick. I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know. And, and that's another thing. We don't know who people, we don't really know people. We don't know why God's doing what he's doing. We don't know why. But I know this, there's no power that's going to change God's purposes. He, he's going to get done what he wants to get done. All the things that we see are his servants getting it done. Now, what is he trying to say through all of I don't know about all that. What is he trying to do by this? What is he trying to do with this virus? I can't give you, I can give you, I can give you some thoughts as to what I think he's been trying to do with this. Well, I can, I can at least give you some things that have happened because of it. To give you a, a quick answer, nobody can really do that. But I'll guarantee you this. Nobody, no power can change God's purpose. So if you see something, you think, oh, oh, they got the upper hand on the Lord. They must have him hogtied in heaven. Oh, no. No, he's still doing what he always has done. He's still in charge. Omnipotent. Omnipotence teaches us that no power in the universe can stop God or impede his plans. If no power in the universe can stop God or impede his plans, you are going to be okay. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. There is no power. There's no person that can impede God's plan for you. Nobody can stop him. Not evil men, not a catastrophe, not a reversal of fortune, not fate, luck, or chance. Not human error. Not even Satan can hinder God's plan in the least. You say, what about when Satan talked to Job? I mean, Satan talked to Jesus, uh, to the Lord about Job. That was God's plan. That was God's idea. Hast thou considered my servant? That was not Satan's idea. God allowed that. What happened? When he had tried me, I shall come forth. It's gold, Job said. Number two, what God starts, he always finishes. What he starts, he always finishes. You know, that's a, most com that's a comforting thought. What he starts, he finishes. Do you know nobody else does that? Nobody else does this. Rembrandt, Michelangelo, Ernest Hemingway, Da Vinci. You know what they all had when they died? They all had unfinished paintings, unfinished manuscripts, Plans for buildings that were never built. That's the way it is in the world. Of all the people on the planet who've ever lived, only one could truthfully cry out and say, it is finished. Only Jesus could say that. God always finishes what he starts. You and I, when we die, we're going to leave something undone. 
I don't care how well you plan. I don't care how well you prepare. Some of you got it down to a T of, uh, of what all you're going to, you know, you're going to do and what you're going to have at your funeral. And I've seen this. I don't know if I've seen a funeral, maybe one, one out of 10 that I've seen that the kids did everything that the parents wanted to a T. Maybe because of money, maybe because of time, maybe because they couldn't find something, couldn't do something. There's always something I've seen usually left out. COVID really put a hurt on things, didn't it? So we all, we all leave things unfinished when we leave here, but not God, not God. Jesus said it is finished. And boy, I'm glad, I'm glad he finished it. And, uh, you know, that's why, you know, hey, houses need repainting, beds need remaking. Because we're going to leave things unfinished. But when God starts to do something, he stays with it until it's completed. There's never a divine power failure. Uh, there's never internet out sign in heaven. Amen. There's never a blackout, brownout, meltdown. Our eternal security rests on the omnipotence of God. And when you say, I can be saved or lost, or I can, I can be saved one day and lost the next day, then what you're doing is you're, you're making yourself equal with the power of God. Because we're saved by his power. We're saved by his power. So if you can take what God did and undo it, you're greater than God. If there's something you do that undoes what he did, then you were not saved by God. And I'm glad we don't serve a God that we can undo or change what he has done, or amend, or write a, you know, appendage at the bottom of the page and say, we, we've made a change. No, no, no. You can't undo what God has already done. First Peter 1 Peter 1.5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Our eternal security rests on the omnipotence of God. Jude 24, he is able uh, who to keep us from falling. And I'm glad that he is. Some preacher said he may let you trip, but he won't let you fall. <laughs> you won't trip unless he knows about it and wants it to happen. Amen. And Philippians 1, 6 tells us he won't stop till he's finished. He finishes what he starts. Number three, no matter how great the need, God's resources are never, they never run out. God's resources never run out. They never run out. Some of you were here during the 73 oil crisis. You remember waiting in line hours to get gas? They don't happen in heaven. They don't happen in heaven. You never, you ne God's never worn out. He's never exhausted. He's, uh, he's never running on fumes. Um, it was no harder for him to create the universe than it was to create an ant. God could create an ant just like he did the universe. Why? He's God. He says, universe be, and that's what happens. He's got unlimited power to carry your problems. And I'm glad. Psalm 23, 4 says, I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. Thou with me. If I seen a 35 foot man who's 1,500 pounds come in this building, obviously he wouldn't come in the building. If I seen him outside, and you say, there's no such thing. Well, why y'all watching all them scary stories in? Just kidding. All that zombie stuff. I don't know how you watch that. How do you even watch that? I can honestly say I ain't never watched a zombie movie. I don't know. I can't even do that. And I can see somebody get a shot and draw blood and all that. But I, I ain't watching that stuff. Anyway. This man come in. Boy, I done got on politics and zombies and everything. It's whatever. 
Them two may not be so far away. <laughs> oh, boy. And if I saw a 35-foot man and 1,500 pounds coming my way down the alley, that'd be a big alley, I would do one of two things. I would not remain neutral. I would either be very calm because I knew the man, or I would be very afraid and I would have already left God is much like that, although much greater than a 35-foot, 1,500-pound man. For thou art with me. For thou art with me. Not only do you know an omnipotent God, He is yours if you're saved. So what is going to come to you that He can't handle? The reason you're okay if you know the man is because you know it's a good thing to know a a 35-foot man. And we don't, we don't know God because of what he can do for us. But I, I, I'll guarantee you this. If he's with us, nothing's going to happen to you that he doesn't know about. Nothing's going to happen to you that he doesn't allow. And I'm thankful for that. What a comfort it is. And one final thing. 1 Corinthians 1.18. 1 Corinthians 1.18. Let's look at it real quick. For well, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is what? The power of God. To the world, the cross was a terrible waste. To the world, uh, it was a tragedy. It was an enormous mistake. But to those who believe, it is a demonstration of the power of God or those who are saved. We believe that that was a mighty demonstration of the power of God like no other. When he could have sent 10,000 angels and rescued Jesus, but yet he opened not his mouth. He allowed them to do God through his power. What a display of the almighty power of God in providing salvation for you and me to think that God would subject himself, that Jesus would subject his power and put his power on a hold intentionally so that man could put a crown of thorns upon Jesus' head and could spit in his face and could put a spear in his side. Think about the awesome power of God that was withheld that day on the cross of Calvary so that you and I could be born again and we could be saved. What a demonstration. Think about it. In the very place that God seemed to be defeated, we see God's power. This all-powerful God, does he, does he care for you? Look at the cross. Is God good? Look at the cross. Is he good? Does he care about what you're going through? Does, does he, is he able to do anything about what you're experiencing right now? Look at the cross. Look at the cross and you'll see. When we come there, we become weak, broken. And in that place where the world sees weakness, we find the power of God. We come helpless to God who is there to help us in our weakness. He will be our strength. If God were not omnipotent, do you know where Jesus would be today? He would still be in the tomb. If God were not omnipotent, Jesus would still. But if he can raise the dead, he can do anything for you. I don't know what's got you fearful today. On what's got you uptight. But when we get a clear view of the fact that God is all powerful. And not just for somebody else. For us. For you. Boy it make us be more courageous in the midst of trials. 
to know that I got an omnipotent God and he's good. And listen, even when you see things that don't look good right now, remember, just hold on to that unseen, invisible line of God's goodness. His character's not changed no matter what's happening because we can't see the whole story, the whole picture, the whole idea, but he does. He sees it all. But one thing for sure, his goodness runs through it all no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. God's goodness prevails. God's goodness is sure. Sure. No matter what's happening. Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I can tell you. God's got the power. I don't know how I'm going to make another day. God's got the power. God's all powerful. God's good. God cares about you. You're his child. God's going to take care of you. He's able to do what he wants to do, right? We know that. He's all powerful. Omnipotent. Almighty. He's, he's able to do what he wants to do. What he wills to do. Nobody's going to stop him. Nobody's going to change his plans. And, and the good news is, you know him. You know him. Like, if we, if we were to see him off and think he, this is an, the all-powerful creator of the universe back there, but I don't know him, I'd be looking for a good place to hide. But hey, I know him. He's on my side. The Lord is on my side. Who is the Lord? He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Let's rest in his power today.